Today's guest is Dr. Kyle Wolfson, a homeopath from Durban, South Africa. He obtained his master's degree in homeopathy from the Durban University of Technology and then spent six months in India completing a master's course in advanced homeopathy from the Other Song Academy and Clinic. It's headed by the world-renowned homeopath and healer, Dr. Rajan Sankaran, who has also been on this show. Since then, he has continued his homeopathic career in India, firstly interning at the Other Song Academy and then becoming involved in the organization and teaching of international courses in advanced homeopathic approaches to homeopaths from around the world. Along with the furthering of homeopathic education, he enjoys the clinical aspects of homeopathic practice, devoting much of his time to working at the Kula Natural Health Center, a rural clinic in Africa, as well as seeing patients in his private practice. He can be contacted through wolfyk at gmail.com. And to learn more about Kula, please visit www.kula.org. That's K-H-U-L-A.org. And his email is w-u-l-f-i-e-k at gmail.com. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Homeopathy Hangout, where we discuss all things homeopathy from around the world. And now my mum and your host, Eugenie Kruger. Hello, homies, and a very warm welcome to Homeopathy Hangouts. Today, we speak with Dr. Carl Wolfson, all the way from South Africa. Welcome, Carl. Thanks very much, Eve. And uh, I could probeer a bit Afrikaans praat with you, but you say you want Afrikaans praat so, so we'll keep it to English, right? <laughs> Yes, please. Thanks. <laughs> awesome. Um, so I'm from Cape Town originally, and obviously there's a bit more Afrikaans there. But I believe where you're from, there's a bit more. It's more English speaking, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah. I can understand, but um, I just embarrass myself when I speak. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, regardless of what your first language is in uh, South Africa, because there's, I think, is it eleven official languages, uh, something like that? Mm. But hopefully, you know all the good swear words because we've got some great swear words in Afrikaans. <laughs> Yes, I know those. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> now, Kyle, can you tell our listeners a little bit about how you were first introduced to homeopathy? Mm, sure. It was sort of a lot of dumb luck, maybe, I think. I, I can't really work out how it happened, exactly why I studied it or that. But my mother had always gone to a homeopath when I was younger. So I sort of just knew it existed. It was just always there in the, the back of my mind. And I still can't really work out why I studied it. And I think it was just really good luck. Because uh, when I, what I knew about homeopathy and then what I was thinking that it was, and then once I started studying it, was something completely different. Um, and just luckily, you know, I, I really loved it. <laughs> it could have gone badly, I think. <laughs> That's really cool. Well, obviously, you were meant to do it. Now, tell mm. us a little bit, because the training in South Africa is actually very different to what, you know, I studied in New Zealand, but our, your training is very different. And from what I understand, your first couple of years, you actually study alongside the medical students, because we've just realized before that Ruth, um, Ruth Hull, who's been on the podcast twice now, she actually graduated a couple of years before you in, in South Africa. But tell us a little bit about the training in South Africa, because it is quite different to what we have over here. Mm. It's it is quite an interesting system. I think it's closest to sort of the the Indian um, university system. Uh, so it's you end up doing actually a master's degree in homeopathy, but you start off for like the first first three years or so, you're doing uh, the basic medical sciences. Mm. Uh, so you're doing all your anatomy, your uh, there's chemistry, biochem. Uh, physiology, all the sort of things that someone would do when they're studying uh, medicine. 
So that's sort of the first three years. There's a very tiny bit of homeopathy. We do a bit of philosophy just to sort of keep you going. And then a bit later on, then they start bringing in things like materia medica and sort of auxiliary therapeutics. So I would say that it's very similar to studying medicine. The only thing is the interventions or the treatments that uh, they then bring in from the homeopathic point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's about it's a five-year degree, but m- most people do it in six years because you have to do uh, your research and write a dissertation mm-hmm. um, as well before you can qualify and then practice. Amazing. And you come out as a doctor of homeopathy over there, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. And just something else, because, I mean, I left when I was 17, which was many years ago. So these days, I mean, how are homeopaths perceived in South Africa? How easy is it to have access to homeopathic remedies there? Is any of it funded by the uh, public health care systems or, or the private health care systems? Mm. So it's quite interesting. Uh, South Africa is a, a unique place, I think, in quite a few regards. But uh, just in terms of the perception, I don't think it, there are any problems. People are quite open. The main sort of obstacle is education. Most people actually don't know what homeopathy is. Mm. They just assume it's some sort of alternative system. That they're interested to try it and to hear about it, but the education isn't quite there. And then so that can lead to some sort of problems. They're buying over-the-counter products, and they think that's because it's natural, it's, mm. it's homeopathic. So there's some issues there. So it's mostly education, but I think it's uh, there's a good future uh, for homeopathy from, from that point. Um, the public health system in South Africa is not great at all mm-hmm. in terms of normal medicine as well uh, anyway. So there's no, there's no public funding uh, for that. Mm-hmm. But uh, you can, uh, people who have their own private sort of medical aids, uh, they can charge homeopathy towards that. So some medical aids do cover homeopathy. So that's good as well. And then a sort of another aspect is just the scope of homeopathy in South Africa, sort of compared to maybe other countries, mm. because it's very good. We have a very good scope of practice. You know, we can diagnose and we can treat wow. um, pretty much all conditions. Uh, so there's, there's no real limitations on that, which I think that's the best part about it. Oh, my gosh, that really is because, you know, you guys are head and shoulders above where Australia is at at the moment because uh, the government took our ability uh, away to be able to claim from our private health care for homeopathy in on April Fool's Day, 1st of April, 2019. <laughs> so, you know, of all the days, it was such a punch in the guts. Um, so we're not able to claim on our private health care funds anymore for homeopathy. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing is we never, nobody ever got a, a discount on their private health care. They kept on charging the same. And um, the other thing is that, you know, your scope of practice, the fact that you are able to diagnose and, um, you know, that's that's really wonderful because it obviously gives you access to treating so many advanced cases that we might not see otherwise. Um, and yes, yes. as to access of remedies, how easy is it to get hold of remedies over there? That's not the easiest thing. We do have a few uh, sort of homeopathic pharmacies, but they mostly deal with homeopaths. So to get a remedy, you generally have to know a homeopath. Uh, which, you know, it has some drawbacks, but there are also some good things about it. It should be more easily available, especially for the more educated about homeopathy, mm-hmm. but it sort of stops some of over-the-counter issues where people just go and sort of self-medicate and then it doesn't help and then they give homeopathy up. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it's, it's a, a double-edged sword, hey, because you yeah. want to empower people, mm. but at the same time, if they're not using it correctly and not getting results, they're going to think that homeopathy is not working when really it's probably just not mm. the right remedy for them. Now, you also did some advanced training in homeopathy with the amazing Dr. Rajan Sankaran, who we've also had on the show. What was that mm. like? And what made you decide to, you know, pack your bags and head over to India after, <laughs> you know, after already studying five or six years, then going and doing more studying? Yeah. Well, as I said, with coming to homeopathy, that was a bit of dumb luck. And then <laughs> this also sort of works out, you know, just the universe pushing me in that way. Yeah. Because the education system also is a bit difficult here. Everything takes, you know, a hundred years, mm. bureaucracy everywhere. Yep. Um, <laughs> I do so remember that part. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I'd written my, my dissertation and I'd submitted it. Uh, but you can't practice until it's been marked and you, and you graduate, obviously. But uh, they just, didn't mark it. It took forever. You know, uh, I think I had submitted and a year later, I hadn't heard a single thing about it. And I sort of, I was probably a bit naive and I just hadn't followed up. And then I said, you know, hey, what's going on? They said, oh, no, we're trying to find an examiner at that point. And I thought, oh, gosh, <laughs> they haven't even found the examiner yet. So they haven't even started marking. So then at that point, I, I got a little bit panic because I couldn't do anything you know mm. I couldn't practice I was just sitting around I was reading all day in the beginning it was it was nice but after a while <laughs> you know so then I started to look around and say you know what can I do in the meantime so I thought about different things I thought maybe I'd go and do like Ayurveda or you know something just to add to what mm. I, I already know but then I thought well actually I'm a homeopath maybe I should be a better homeopath first <laughs> and so I'd read all Dr. Sankaran's books and in the books that they had mentioned, you know, the, the other song academy. So I had gone and I Googled it and looked it up and I saw that they offered all these courses. So then I just emailed them and I said, you know, Hey, this is what I do. I would like to come. So then they gave me the options. And then, uh, I think a month later <laughs> I flew out, uh, to India. It was very, very sudden. It just happened very sort of spur of the moment. Uh, yeah. and then I sort of landed in India. Uh, the day before my 25th birthday it was the first day of the monsoon. It was flooding. I landed in this place. It was just uh, water up to your knees. And I thought, oh, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it worked out incredibly well, I think. Yeah. That's incredible. And uh, I mean, we all just love Dr. Rajan Sankar. And I've got a pile of his books over here as well. Um, he is just such an inspiration. So how lucky for you to have been able to, you know, work with him. How long was that uh, training that you did? So I did uh, what they call the ma the master course, mm -hmm. which is uh, six months. And it's really, it's honestly an amazing experience because it's so much more than just, you know, learning from Dr. Sankar. And it's obviously just in, inculcate his whole sort of journey and that mm. uh, and you meet so many other people there's so many amazing teachers at the other song mm. that you really get so much exposure and to the fundamentals you know I went there thinking okay I'm going to learn you know uh, this high level of sensation homeopathy yeah but the thing that really sort of grabbed me once I first got there was just the fundamentals you know we learned about so many different things that I'd heard of and stuff, but I didn't, we didn't really go so in depth at mm. university here. Mm. So that was really incredible. That's beautiful. And 
Roberts, you, how did it then happen? Because you were still involved with the other song and with Dr. Rajan Sankaram. Because after I interviewed him, um, I asked about, you know, this uh, master training and stuff that he's doing. And, and then he CC'd you and he said, well, you know, get in touch with Kyle. He's the one that's got all the information on this. And so how did you then, you know, stick around and become involved with the academy? <laughs> and what, what part of all that do you handle? Yes. Well, so then there was more dumb luck along the way. Um, so, <laughs> I'm sensing a theme here. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Um, so once I, towards the end of that six months of the uh, course, you know, I was just loving it there. I'd, obviously, they'd eventually marked my dissertation. <laughs> Good. So I was qualified. But I thought, oh, I, I don't really, I'm not ready to come back yet. There's just still so much that I want to do and learn. So from the master's course, what they generally do at the other song is they would uh, select sort of two students to uh, to do an internship then. So they like two floors, basically. At the other, there were two floors at the other song. There was the, the 10th floor where they did all the, uh, sorry, the 8th floor where they did all the um, the teaching. And then on the top, they had the clinic. Mm-hmm. So mostly when I was doing the course, I was just, you know, uh, doing all the lecturing and that. But then... I asked them if they would let me uh, be part of this internship, if they would consider me. Um, so they spoke about it and then they said, okay, you know, uh, we, we'd like to have you. If you want to stay, we can find a place for you. Wow. So then I stayed on and I did my internship there. So then I was basically in the, in, in the clinic for, for six months. <gasps> but toward the end of that, COVID happened. And so I was there and actually also... <laughs> You meant to have six months on your your passport when you from the end of your travel or yeah, yeah. for the, the ticket, but um, they actually just let me through. I think I had maybe three months, like it was very close. Uh-huh. And then, so there was, I don't know why they let me through, but it was Damn luck. an accident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so then, while I was there uh, during COVID, my passport expired and my oh. visa expired. Oh my god! And trying and to get a South African so, passport renewed is just. That's a nightmare. Yes. Um, but actually, I didn't try very hard, I must be honest. Oh. <laughs> I was quite happy. <laughs> I was really enjoying where, where I was staying. Um, I was just loving it. So I got really involved then during COVID because there was all this other stuff that was going on. There was, of course. They were asking me to help out with this, with that. And then suddenly, because Dr. Sankran couldn't travel, various groups had asked him if he would do like Zoom teaching. Mm. So we had been sort of interacting a bit to, towards the end of that period. So then he said to me, would you like to help? You can organize and uh, set the curriculum and uh, do that. So then uh, that's how I sort of snuck into that uh, wow. avenue then. Yeah. Amazing. And what is it about this, uh, you know, empowering homeopaths to be better prescribers that, that gets you excited? Because, uh, or maybe it doesn't, you know, maybe you were just thrown into it, but <laughs> I think you mentioned before that it is something that you are quite passionate about is actually helping homeopaths mm. be better homeopaths. What is it that you enjoy about it? And tell us a little bit more about your work there. I think there, there is a, a portion that's slightly selfish. I must admit that I really want to be, be better in education. So the more courses we do, the more I learn. Because oh, um, I get a front row seat. Yeah, that's how I feel about the podcast. And part of this is selfish. Yeah. I get to hang out with cool people and talk about things I'm interested yeah. in. So, yeah. Well, I think all, all life is sort of give and take. The more you give, the more you take as well. Yeah. Um, it's quite, quite equal. Exactly. So there's that aspect where I really enjoy organizing because then I get to learn. Yeah. Um, and then I also find that when they're learning more, then I learn more. 
So it's, and the, I think that the better standard of homeopathy that we have around the world can only make me better as well. Mm. Um, and sort of just if we all bring ourselves up uh, in some way like that. So I, I really enjoy that aspect. And then also getting involved in the teaching, uh, also that also makes me better because when you have to explain something, it's much, uh, you know, you really learn when you have to go through it so that you're able to sort of impart something. Oh, I so, so that agree. aspect. If you want to learn yeah. something, teach it. Like that is actually the best mm. way to learn something. I completely agree. And it's actually funny because I interviewed uh, Christophe Merville from Buron this morning and he literally said exactly the same thing because he's the worked there for 30 years and he's the head of education there. And he was like, if you want to learn something, go out and teach it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, incredible. And um, are you able to tell our listeners a little bit more about the program itself? Like what sort of things people will be learning in the program? So what we'd actually do is we do a lot of different webinars for different groups. Um, so we have sort of different levels and uh, different needs that people are having. But sort of one of the main aspects of these webinars that we do is live cases. So we actually take a case on Zoom. Dr. Sankran will take the case. The patient will come on and he takes the case in front of you. Everyone's sitting there watching. Wow. And then, you know, afterwards, you'll... <laughs> well, that's what that's the whole education system at the other song in India. When you go there, it's all case-based learning. Mm -hmm. So it's just live cases, you know, and then video cases when they need them. But the the main aspect is the live case. So you just watch them, just take cases all day. And it's, it's honestly the best way to learn is to see someone, you know, put it into practice. Mm -hmm. um, and it's very spontaneous. You know, anything can happen. Any remedy can come up. It's it's more exciting as well, I think. Absolutely. Uh, so that's sort of the main sort of uh, thing that we do. And then obviously, depending on the skill level of the group, we sort of base uh, the explanation and the analysis on that. A little bit. Um, so they're different ones. Um, we have groups everywhere. Uh, and some people I know, uh, all these people who communicate with me about these things, they all attend, you know, literally every group. They'll say, oh, when's the next webinar for a different group? And they come and they attend. And they, because there's just so much to take away from. It's really incredible. Mm, how cool. Now, it seems that eventually you did make it back to South Africa because you're in Durban at the moment, right? So how did your journey lead you back home? Well, eventually I had to get a new passport because I was worried then I might be sort of <laughs> kicked out and then yeah. to return to India. And that's my ultimate goal is to get back there. Yeah. So I didn't want to upset anyone. <laughs> uh, so I did get my passport and then eventually I, I managed to get out. But uh, I sort of got my foot in the door at that point. So I was okay to leave. <laughs> so you're good to go then. Um, Amazing. Yes. Yeah. So then I'm, so now I'm back in South Africa at the moment of, it's another bureaucratic nightmare is getting a passport here because I got an interim one in, in mm. India. It took me forever to get one here, but I've got one now. And so I've sort of just been doing a lot of this webinar work from here. Luckily, uh, mm. because of COVID, it changed a lot of things. And mm. So I'm able to work from here for now. But I will be heading back at, at the end of the year. We will be doing more cases there and that sort of thing. Oh, amazing. And is the other song located at that beautiful resorty type place that he has? I forget what it's called now. There is a center that he's got there that he does the in-person. Oh, some Purnam healing. Uh, yes, no, that's so, the one. Uh, yes. So uh, the other song is in Mumbai. Um, so, for example, um, in January, we're going to be doing an in-person course. So people will come out and we'll have nine days of just live cases, you know, mm. uh, 
uh, the whole day, just cases for nine days. And then after that, we'll go on the retreat to to the center. Okay. Yeah. And we'll do all the, the wise processes and we meditation and talks and I think that, yeah, that's what he was mentioning in the interview. I just did research about wanting to go, but I, my kiddies are still 10 and seven and Mm -hmm. my husband's actually in South Africa at the moment on holiday and he's away for two weeks and I'm thinking, I'm missing him so much. I can't imagine being away from my kids for two weeks. So I think I'm going to wait just a couple (laughs) more years until they're a little bit older and then I will be joining you over there in India. So right now we're going to take a quick little break and then we're going to come back and we're going to be talking about the Kula Natural Health Center. And we're back from the break, and we are going to be chatting about the Kula Natural Health Center. It's a rural clinic there in Africa. Now, Kyle, when did the center start? How did you become involved? Tell us a little bit about it. Yes. So initially, I'd sort of made contact with them because while I was wait before I decided to go to India, I was sort of sitting around. And then so I'd heard about the Kula Center because they were taking sort of interns and they're asking for volunteers to go there and and help out so i had contacted them at that point and said hey would it be okay for me? i'm not fully qualified but i'm still sort of under the university uh clinic could i come and sort of see patients there mm. and then they said yes please we'd love to have you but then as that happened i got my sort of india stuff together mm-hmm. and so then I, I went off and i said look sorry i'm not going to do that mm-hmm. and then they would stay in contact with me while I was in there, like, hi, are you back here? Yeah. Um, and you come, I said, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm still away. And then eventually I, I came back to South Africa and then I messaged them. I said, hey, I'm, I'm back here. I would really love to come out to Kula. Uh, and then so it sort of worked out from that point. Just to explain what Kula is, it's a non-profit organization that we have up in, in KwaZulu-Natal in South Africa. It's in a very rural area. And basically it's just a, a clinic that we set up in a village and so we help all the the people in that uh, locality and people come from all over it's mm-hmm. actually uh massive people travel for for hours and hours and hours and uh mm-hmm. the public transport to get there and so we've seen all sorts of cases and it's so as i said it's, it's not for profit so it's mostly um run through uh donations mm-hmm. and so we do charge a tiny bit a fee to the patients but it's not enough to cover the cost it's more to uh otherwise a lot of the patients uh they don't respect the medicine if they get it for free oh i agree Um, you need that energy exchange yes uh and or they might think that it's sort of witchcraft because i think they nobody trusts anything that they get for free especially Mm. here Mm. so if we make them pay it then they take it and they respect Mm. it a bit better and, and that sort of thing so it's mostly, uh, it's all run on d- donations. This is really the most incredible um, place to be. The, there's such an amazing energy there. It's really wonderful to be part of. So I started off, you know, just volunteering. Mm-hmm. And because all my stuff's online for, for India, I had a lot of sort of other time I could schedule myself quite well. So then I found myself just spending more and more time there. And I would work there during the day. And I do, I get up early, I do my Indian work in the morning or I do it in the evening. And then after a while, they said, would you like to be part of the, the actual team, you know? And because we all really, I got on really well with all the, the doctors there. And it was just an incredible community. So now I spend a lot of time there. We generally open about two or three weeks a month. It's not full time yet because it, it does cost a lot to be open. You know, there's a lot of mm-hmm. salaries to pay for all the staff that help out mm-hmm. there. So at the moment, it's two to three weeks a month that we open and we're seeing patients. 
Amazing. And, and is it just doing. homeopathic practitioners or other practitioners as well? It's just uh, homeopathy at the moment, yeah. Uh, oh, incredible. Yeah. And what sort of cases do you see there? Um, so the the public health system is really, really not great. And these people don't have transport. They they can't get to hospitals. If they get to the hospital, they're told uh, to wait. They literally sleep outside the hospital on benches mm-hmm. for like days. Uh, there's stories of sort of patients um, helping other patients to like splint broken arms and oh. these sorts of things because they just don't get any health care mm. in the rural areas they just there's a clinic but it's really just it's not great at all mm. so the sorts of we see literally everything and it's it's quite a, a shock as well the foundation is, is sort of swift backed so there are a lot of people from switzerland so we also get students, uh, doctors who come out from Switzerland, who come and they, they come and see patients now. Oh, wow. And I think they get the biggest shock. Yeah, I can um, imagine. <laughs> You're not going to see that in Switzerland. <laughs> right. um, yeah, so we get like patients with, uh, you know, their, their blood pressure is just uh, shocking. You know, you see like 200 over 120 <laughs> and things like this. Swiss <laughs> people nearly die. Um <laughs> Because there, you know, if it's over 150, it's like a medical emergency. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's shocking. We have, uh, like, the blood sugars over 20, you know, sometimes. Wow. The first well, time I'm strong in Africa. Yeah, yeah. And the patients are sitting there smiling. They're so happy to be seen and to, that someone's listening to them. And, wow. <laughs> and you're wondering how they haven't sort of collapsed mm. yet. It's, it's really incredible. So, we see a lot of very, very severe cases like that. We also get the the, the sort of standard sort of back pain, knee pain, mm. <laughs> all these things. It's a tough life. They they really have it have it difficult mm. out there. So we see uh, the whole spectrum of of cases. Wow. And I mean, most most people in South Africa speak uh, English. Hey, so do you do you ever need a translator, or do most of them speak English? Oh, these they hardly speak any English. Um, oh, really? It's very rural. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So they speak Zulu. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also get some people from sort of like the, because it's quite close to the Mozambican border. So they also mm-hmm. some people from there, they speak, they speak a bit of Zulu and Portuguese mm-hmm. and sort of get because... through it. So we, uh, uh, so it's, um, it's a big community-based project as well. It's all about empowering the community. So it actually, it works out quite well because then we have people from the community who come and we employ them as translators. Oh, wow. We have nurses, there are people working. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a really nice, project as well so we have the translators we train them and they uh, they help us out a lot yeah oh that's incredible i was just recently chatting with uh rebecca stirrup who's one of the volunteers for homeopathy for health in africa and she was saying you know like they've obviously got their translators but you do kind of use a little bit of uh you know it's like a charades <laughs> a few little you know hand yes. gestures and things mm. like that yeah very interesting um i obviously coming from cape town we spoke also down there. So I, I still remember Uvulan Wadi, that means open your book. That's all I remember. And uh Usapilan Jani, that means how are you going? And uh Inja, that's dog. Yes. <laughs> and Ulan Balas, open and close. I don't that's all I remember. <laughs> yeah. But I think so you guys learned Zulu at school, hey? Yes, we did do it, but uh not really to deal with the, <laughs> no, the not, situation. Yeah. And, and my it's also hus- sort of like a very uh, very sort of pure Zulu as well. You know, it's is. very rural areas. They don't have 
any sort of English mixing in as well sometimes. Yeah, and I think my husband's from a different part of South Africa. Again, he's more uh, Freiburg, and so he learns Sutu, I think. So, because mm, so just yeah. beautiful languages, so lovely to listen to. Yes. It's gorgeous. I do miss mm. that. Well, it's so, really incredible because in, in the mornings as well, you know, every morning they come and they sing and they pray oh. before it starts, and it's the most incredible oh. thing you, uh, to hear them singing in the morning before it starts. Uh, oh. The clinic. That's my favorite time of the day. I wonder if they would ever let you, you know, culturally, I don't know what the, um, you know, rules are, but it would be amazing to take a video sometime and we can upload it onto the YouTube channel for our listeners to see, or maybe even one day do like a little live, um, you know, video when you're out there, like we've done with Rebecca, just so people can see what's happening, you know, and just seeing where homeopathy is reaching and, and all the different people. There no, well. we can definitely do that. They, they love, uh, giving testimonials and videos. They love oh, that. Oh, cool. Um, so we can do the live streaming might be difficult because the signal's not so great. Oh, really? But, um, yeah, that's yeah. Amazing. There's not much connection, but uh, videos are easy to do. Yeah. Incredible. So, and if people want to donate to this organisation, how do they get in touch? Um, so the website is in the show notes. They can just Google Kulu Natural Health Centre, mm-hmm. um, and they can go there. And there's a backer buddy page, and they can donate. Excellent. Um, and just get in touch as well. You know, we, we can discuss it and see how you can help best because uh, there's so many possibilities yeah and do you know what i've had a couple of emails of people asking me where are the show notes so do you know what i'm going to give the web address just for those people that don't know where the show notes are it's khula.org so cooler.org if you want to get in touch and find out more and donate excellent so Great, kyle is there any last message that you want to leave our listeners with what sort of message would you like to share with them about homeopathy um, also share with them how they can get hold of you personally and whether you're still taking on new clients, but just leave our listeners with the last little message of what you want to yeah, bring out mm. to them. Well, I, I just think from my own personal experience with everything that I've seen in India and now here at Kula is just the power of homeopathy. It's really just the most incredible thing. I've seen, you know, just incredible cases, which have just gotten so much better with just homeopathy and it works also with other modalities as well, but just mm. the power of homeopathy is so incredible. And especially to the homeopaths, I really uh, encourage them to invest in themselves and to educate themselves as much as they can to be the best homeopath mm. that they can be. And I think that's it's really such a rewarding job. The more you learn, the, the more rewarding it is. It's really incredible. So just that's sort of my main message, I think. Yeah. And how can and, people get uh, hold of you? Yes. Uh, so they can just email me. It's um, wulfiek at gmail.com. They can contact me and, you know, if they're interested in any any of these aspects that we spoke about, uh, they're welcome to contact me. Oh, well, I've been looking for a homeopath to refer people to because I have clients or like, well, friends and, you know, family in South Africa that are looking for a homeopath. So I'm excited to be in touch with you and um, hopefully I'll get <laughs> to join you in India in a couple of years time when my kitties are a bit bigger. <laughs> yeah. So even here in South Africa. Yeah. <laughs> it was lovely to speak with you. Thank you so much for your time. Sure. Thank you for having me.